The following is a meditation prepared for the solemnity of Corpus Christi, the body and blood of Christ. This meditation reflection is designed to give the faithful a deeper entry into and an experience of the mystery of the symbol of the Eucharist. And I use those words mystery and symbol in a specifically Catholic way. The church employs symbols to communicate far more than words ever could. Symbols are not unreal, but rather they have the capacity to interact with those who are using them, who are observing them. They act upon the faithful. Take, for example, the use of water in baptism. Think of everything that water can do. Water can fall from the sky, it can pummel the earth, killing life flood, then it can renew life, it can wash things, and other things water can do. In the sacrament of baptism, we are asking Jesus, be the true water for us. Do everything that water can for us in our life. Likewise with oil. Typically oil can preserve things. Oil may have an aromatic quality. Uh, oil is a sign of kingship, kingly anointing, royalty. Well, in the sacraments of baptism and confirmation and others, oil is employed, and therein we ask Jesus, be the true oil. Uh, everything that oil can do, do that for us, in us. The symbol of the Eucharist, therefore, employs bread and wine and these are powerful symbols secondly before moving into the meditation the use of the word mystery has a particular meaning for Catholics a mystery is something that one must move into the mystery is like a universe that can be explored without end there's no end to plumbing a mystery. The Eucharist is such a mystery. So this meditation is designed to give the faithful some entry points into this universe of the mystery of the Eucharist and to gain a sense of how the symbol reaches out and interacts not only with us but with the whole world, with all things, in this world and in the next. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I invite you now to see in your mind's eye the Eucharist, the consecrated bread who is Jesus, our Lord, enthroned in a gold monstrance on an altar before you. Gaze with your whole mind, your whole spirit on him as he gazes with unfathomable love on you, seeing you, 
Our Lord is hidden under the appearance of bread and wine, but there is nothing of us that is hidden from Him, nothing in us that His love cannot reach. Jesus calls you now to stand up in your mind, in your heart, and to approach Him. As you stand, you see the Eucharist opening before you as if it were a portal you could step into. The small white host captivates you and everything else, all memories and concerns, plans, expectations, all the noise of your life and the outside world blurs together into a gentle, incomprehensible hum softer, softer, until silence, and it is only Jesus and you. You see darkness. And in the darkness of an uncreated universe, God's spirit hovers over the abyss. Suddenly at his glance, creation gushes forth from nowhere. Stars, planets, particles, dust, radiation, magnetic fields, cosmic rays reaching out like the rays of the monstrance. Earth forms and all its life under God's powerful hand. The human family is placed in the center of it. As the earth brings forth all kinds of life, humanity walks amongst it to till it, to raise it up, to harvest it and to put it to good use. From the olive crop we gain oil, from the vine grapes for wine, and from the field wheat which we will harvest, make into flour, mix with water to make one great dough, and bake to make one bread. This is our work. We have other work to do, of course, in our factories, in our mines, in the city, in our offices, at home, across the world. Our work sends us out into every pocket of the world. And the Eucharist follows us to sanctify our work. Yes, we see our own employment caught up in the fibers of the bread of life. Jesus now turns our concern to the poor, those without work, 
those who can't work, those whose work is indignified, whom society despises, whom the world may be tempted to see as a waste, as disposable. They too are hidden with Christ the Lord in the Eucharist. Every person without a home, without loved ones, without daily provisions, everyone bearing whatever form of physical or mental illness, every wayward youth, every wounded body and soul, the bread of life who is the good shepherd goes out to meet them to disentangle them from their burdens, to entangle them with himself on his shoulders, to take them as his beloved burden, his joyful labor, to raise them up in his own risen self. Our gaze is then directed to the infirm in hospitals and those who serve and rehabilitate them, to those in prisons and those who seek to reform and reinstate them, to those in all kinds of institutes of learning, both students and teachers alike. to those displaced by social and political unrest, war, severe poverty, corruption, oppression, those fleeing, forced out of their stable living. Our Eucharistic Lord makes pilgrimage to these also. He goes as divine physician, cooperating with doctors, nurses, psychiatrists, counselors, sanitation officers, administration, and even the family and friends of those in these places, those who are unwell, those recovering from surgery, those bearing children, those saying goodbye. Whether or not they believe, by virtue of the love and compassion in them, Christ is at work. Christ is also the receiver of all this presence and attention. Christ is reclined in every hospital bed because he so desires to be there with and for them. Our Lord who ransoms us to freedom speaks in the silence and sorrow of every prison cell. He is with them as they are, even as a tiny white host enclosed in a sporium, in a tabernacle, in an empty church. Is there anywhere where we can ever go that is truly alone? God is everywhere, even in loneliness itself. Jesus, the divine teacher, his disciples and his closest friends called rabbi and master floods every mind with divine wisdom showing 
God's plan and the orchestration of every single thing in existence, from the greatest and most complex to the smallest and most simple. And each of them, and each of us, no matter how old or young, skilled or inexperienced, virtuous or sinful, has a part to play. Lastly, Jesus knows well what it is to be a refugee. Not only in his childhood, as he was hunted from the moment he was born, even before this, but throughout his earthly life and in his continued earthly life in the lives of these poor souls strewn across the world. Jesus, wretched from the seemingly endless and pointless journey, dirty, exhausted, ignored, hated, bearing a thousand faces, each of a different color, still seeks refuge, safe haven, We meet his shimmering eyes in the Eucharist. We see ourselves. We see the stranger. We see our supposed enemy. We see the whole of the human race and the whole created order organized in this holy bread that desires to assume it, take it all to himself. Finally, as we look at and through this thin white host so simple and basic. We see beyond it as through a veil. Heaven itself. And gathered there in uncreated light, every soul who has ever passed safely from this life to the next, whose life has not ended, but has changed. We see the ancients, we see our ancestors, our loved ones who have gone before us. We see infants walking, dancing, singing, wearing radiant crowns of glory. We see the angels and saints, and we feel their celestial praise streaming around like a glorious tornado, a rapturous unending hymn of thanksgiving and praise. We see them gathered around an altar. As for a holy banquet, and their feast is God, whom they consume with their hearts, and in whom they, we, are consumed.
The symbol of the Eucharist reaches out and touches absolutely everything. From the land to our work and recreation. From society here and everywhere to the heavenly society above. For everything that is, that has been, and that shall be, we give thanks. Come, Lord Jesus, receive all that we have and are, that everything we do may be done in and for you. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.